Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to an afternoon edition of The Chaser Report. Dom Knight and Charles Firth here with comedian Chris Ryan. He's performing as we speak at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Chris, welcome. Thanks for having me. It is uh, great to have you actually in the middle of the run. It's all, it's, you've had a few days into it. What's it like to be, have the festival back in full swing again? Well, it's slightly overwhelming to see so many human beings, you know, after a year where I've largely been sort of trapped at home with my nearest and dearest, um, to be exposed to so many humans is kind of, <laughs> you have to break yourself back into it. Yeah, even just being in a crowded room, I haven't done that for quite a while. I mean, Charles has been touring as well, so he's been in... But to me, the notion of being in a room with more than 10 people is bizarre. I'm, I have COVID at the moment, so I'm not allowed to leave the house. Um, <laughs> so it's like being back in lockdown land um, again. So that must be very, very strange. Um, your show's called Can't Complain. Mm. Are there complaints about the past year or so in the show? Well, the, the thing is, you know, people ask you like what's your show about and stuff it's just these are the jokes that have arisen from a time when I've been housebound with like my family Mm. and at a stretch uh my parents you know that's it you know and and occasionally the odd trip up to the local shops so these are strange little things that have come out of my head in a time that is very strange so and then to try and put that in the framework of um of a show that will make sense to people rather than be some strange amount of brambling. Um, it's, it's a, it's a weird time to be writing comedy, you know? So uh, has the last year given you an appreciation of how much you love and, and adore your family or, or not so much? Look, <laughs> I, I, it's a, that's a good question, Charles. Mm. Uh, I think with any, I think we are hardest on those closest to us. Mm. And, oh, yeah. um, they are also they are the best and the worst, you know. Yes. So, um, and they cop the best and the worst of you. Probably the worst more than the best. <laughs> um, I think uh, I did actually get a big appreciation of my family. Um, I have a sixteen and an eighteen year old, and the eighteen year old just moved out in January to go to university, and that was a massive, profound moment in my family's life. Yeah. And also, my parents are getting older, and I do we do spend time with them. And so those are the things that have mm. shaped mm. this show, really. I feel like, though, if I were choosing a comedy festival show to go to, I think I'd want to hear people complaining. Like, the yes. idea of can't complain feels like, that, <laughs> yeah, is true. that the wisest name for a show in 2022? Look, I think it comes from the idea that I was bumping into a lot of people at the shops and I'd ask them, how are you going? And they'd start out telling you the truth, but then they go, they'd realise, oh, God, there's so many people who've got it worse. I, I can't <laughs> complain, you know. And it's like, no, you absolutely can. We are in a safe space for complaint. Um, and that is entirely what my show is about. So, um, yeah, I realise I'm a privileged person. 
I know that I've got it good and I should shut up forever, but I'm not going to. And part of that privilege is being able to talk about it for an hour. I know what you mean, though. Whenever I bumped into anyone, you know, the occasional event that I would go to over the past year or two, everyone's always like, oh, how's it going? And you can't actually answer that that question seriously, can you? Because it's a, it's a long ramble. It's a monologue. It's a bit emotional and it's oversharing. So we, we, need, we need a new small talk opener. Mate, this this is the thing, you know, I've actually, it's changed my personality. Like I, I want to go in for the massive deep chat or nothing at all, you know. It's mm. it's massive deep chat or I give you two minutes and, and that's it, you know. Like it can, it can be nothing in between. I'm keen to solve this problem now for myself. What what do we say other than how you're going? Oh, nice to see you. Or But, but, it, but it isn't so often. Honestly, um, you almost have to pretend you're on the phone and just keep going. Just don't even talk. Just you know, keep, like just, just keep walking. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you from just Melbourne? Are you from Melbourne? Oh, sorry, I'm from Canberra. Oh, you're from Canberra. Okay, right. Okay. Yeah. Everyone from Melbourne that I've ever met sort of exper- experienced lockdown so differently to, oh, to everyone yeah. else. They, they've got this sort of righteous anger about um, how much worse they had it than everyone else, which is at one level, you go, it's good that they're processing it in that way but at another level you go oh come on we all suffer like it's not like we all didn't have to go through horrible things i know it's so true but i do feel bad complaining given that canberra didn't do it as bad as melbourne so like mm. we're all stuck yeah. in this um yes. oh god i should be a better person than i am yes. you know, and that's life yes and i and i think i'm of an age i'm 48 i'm still trying to find out how to be a better person and I thought I'd have it figured out by now you know and <laughs> yeah so I, I guess part of it is is all that sort of self-analysis that you go through like people ask me oh what's the show about and I'm like I don't know it's you know they're like how do you talk about COVID I'm like I don't I'm not a scientist you know I'm just all I've got is my own weird thoughts yeah but in that day and age that's enough like in that day and age that makes you an expert in fact actual scientific background is is actually, you know, mm. disabling somewhat when it comes to talking about this stuff. And and there's a bit in, in my show about, I'm, you know, I am nostalgic about a time when imbeciles knew they were imbeciles and they just talked amongst themselves. We mm. didn't, you know, they didn't run for parliament or get interviewed on Fox News. They were just, you know, in the background um, and they were happy times. Now, Chris, how did you start doing this um, this whole stand-up business? Because, uh, you know, you were a journalist before this, you got a family. Um, but yet last year you were nominated for Best Newcomer at the Melbourne Festival. Um, congratulations on that. That's very prestigious, by the way. And you won the Best Newcomer in Sydney in 2019. Why explore the world of comedy? I, I keep trying to leave it and failing. <laughs> mm, yeah, was, uh, I didn't know what I was getting into, mate. Um, I, I think I just always enjoyed the stage and I, I think I always enjoyed uh Performing, I used to sing in bands and, you know, be in the school musicals and stuff. And I kind of always sort of liked the idea of making people laugh. And um, so I just entered raw comedy in 2012 and that was that. And I just, right. kept, it was kind of like a weird drug addiction. You know, you get a few laughs and you're like, oh, I'll have a few more of them, thanks. Mm, yeah, and you, but you never get the, the biggest laugh. So you're always chasing It's exactly that it. laugh. Yes, yes. I now understand Greg Fleet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 like any addiction, you know. But yeah, it's uh, it's been kind of fun. It's been good to have strange new people in my life that I can relate to that I never would have met any other way. 
um, you know, it gives you a renewal, you know. Is it is it hard to gig as a parent though? Like don't you have to don't you have responsibilities? Oh, um one of them just moved out, didn't you? <laughs> no longer. <laughs> I don't know. I suppose heaps of blokes do it, hey. Mm. Um Well, I mean, yeah, exa- exactly, but <clears throat> not ideally. I don't know. What does Husey do? What what, well, what does Tom Gleason do? No, no, know. but it, it's no, but it, it, like, because I'm touring at the moment and I find it incredibly hard. I mean, my kids are much younger, though. They're sort of yeah, 11 see, and 13. I, and you go. I waited 10 years. Yeah. I waited 10 years. So I, when I started Raw Comedy in 2012, I wanted to hit the road and, like, become the, oh, wow, do the, do Melbourne, you know, and all of this with about five minutes of jokes and ra- pretty rubbish ones at that. And it just wouldn't have suited my family. I couldn't yeah, do it. So yeah. I waited and I just got better in Canberra. And um, and I waited. <laughs> until the first the time that and... sentence has ever been said. I got better in Canberra. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you well, go there to get to... worse? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Uh, well, yeah, I got worse and better in Canberra. Hmm. But um, I think, yeah, also obviously you have to have a supportive partner that is prepared to cop this lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Because um, do you get home and then find you just can't sleep for the rest of the night? Or is that uh, me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I find, like, like, I'm even struggling to sleep here now in Melbourne, you know. Like, I, yes. it's the brain is a pain in the bum, really. Mm. Yes, we should just get rid of the brain. <laughs> well, I do try. Yeah. That's what a lot of people in Canberra do when they enter Parliament. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, you I wanted think, to become um, respectable, so you became a comedian rather than a journalist. Oh, not at all. Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> I realised that I have gone lower in station. Um, I think I think I've always, I mean, I've always jumped around in careers, and I think uh, if you've got that kind of brain that constantly needs to be entertained or challenged, um, you know, you will have several careers in your life, and this is probably the one that suits me the best, I think, because I'm allowed to travel, I'm allowed to meet new people, I'm allowed to make people laugh. I'm constantly challenged intellectually with writing um, and it probably, unfortunately, fits quite well into my self-loathing. So, um, yeah. I'm, you yeah. know. Well, that, that was going to be my question because my therapist says that I do comedy because of deep childhood trauma. <laughs> who, who hurt you? <laughs> Look, this is, I cover this in my show actually. Um, I, I think I had it too good as a kid, you know. Oh, if you start oh no. Oh, what family, trauma. Oh, how traumatic. No, look. The Growing truth up in is, Canberra. Oh, no. A, a, a victim of stability, right. I grew, I grew up in India. Um, oh, right. Oh, okay. and, and I had a nanny and I feel like an idiot for that. Like I feel embarrassed about that. That's been something I've really stayed away from uh, in comedy for the longest time. But I just finally, my dad wrote his memoirs, see, and the show's framed within Dad's memoirs, you know, basically. And um, p- big part of his career was in India. And I, obviously, as a kid, you know, parenting is just hijacking kids. So I just went along. So I grew up in India. And like my, yeah, I mean, I guess my brother was, I had an older brother, but he was sent away to boarding school pretty young. I was pretty much on my own in the house a lot with um, just the staff of the house because it was the 70s and that's how it was. So I guess that's probably um, that need to be seen and heard probably is what's informed my comedy. Mm. It does sound like a classic sitcom premise, though, Chris. Mm. Home alone with staff. <laughs> that's a new twist <laughs> on the formula. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Speaking of travelling places and meeting new people, very keen to hear about um, your trip to the Middle East to perform for the troops because we hear. Of, Comedians doing this all the time. I can never imagine what that experience must be like. Was was it fairly terrifying at points? Look, it was insane. Um, a, f- a friend of mine, Lee Keggy, did the, has done this very many times, and he suggested I do it. Um, that it's a really good thing to do. And look, I've had nothing to do with the uh, defence forces. I've never, you know, been a person that's interested in wars or, or defence or anything. But I got a bit of an insight going over there just seeing these extraordinary people who just go away for months at a time, leave their family and friends and just suffer in the desert. Like, it is hot as hell. You can't Mm. drink enough water. Um, You have to have, like, you know, um, substitutes in your water to give you all the chemicals back that you need. But it's unbelievably hot. Your eyeballs sweat. It's 40-something plus all the time. Is that an expression or do your eyeballs actually I think... Well, maybe it's actually everything around your eyeballs. Like there was sweat dripping into my eyeballs, and it was it was so hot. Um, So yeah, it's it's tough conditions over there. Um, I felt safe because I don't believe that any. Well, mm, yeah, I don't know that um, they would take the risk with. You felt safe because you were with the SAS. I know, yeah, that's what I was fucking thinking. Oh, shit, I'm on the chaser report. Here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I we could felt see you so. processing did, where to go with that thought. Did you get to kill? Did you get to kill any civilians? Oh, mate, um, you know, I'm all about killing. Yeah. What are you talking about? Um, yeah, I mean, we stayed within the walls of the uh, place where where soldiers live, and 
you know, we we did gigs outdoors to very tough looking people, um, some international um, troops as well. It was it was weird and surreal and hot. And um, I met some really brilliant people and I had an enormous amount of respect for the average people that are there just trying to do the right thing. What's the best material for that audience? Because I can imagine just thinking of your repertoire, just what do you lead with, with a crowd full of overwhelmingly male? Good question. I don't think I have the answer for you. Uh, I mean, it's tough. It is a tough gig. You've got to, especially as a woman too, because the percentage of women in the Defence Forces is increasing um, but it's still very low. And from, so from one to two you absolutely nail the women in the audience. No worries. They're all on board with me. But, oh, the, you know, it's only, you know, <laughs> yeah, the, I think a lot of the men are probably not my vibe, um, mm. but um, but but there were a lot that were too. Um, so I, I just did my stuff. You just can only bring your stuff. Um, and do you, do I think you go more blue? Do you, like... Yeah, I think they love that. Mm. Oh, actually, no, we were given instructions not to... Um, yeah, not to, yeah. Not to offend their delicate sensibility. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a weird combination of a wild yeah. war zone and heaps of OH&S requirements and, for, you know, diversity requirements and stuff. Oh, so it's a, it's a complex uh, environment to do gigs in for sure. It sounds like a pretty terrible um, place to have to just endure physically. But I've got to tell you, after being stuck at home for a week with me having COVID and my daughter, who's four, being completely well and full of energy... I would happily get on that plane right now. <laughs> Mate, you know what? To be fair, I laughed more in that two weeks with the people I was going with than I have probably in the rest of my life. I had a great time. <laughs> Why don't we do a Chaser Report week in the ADF, Charles? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there you go. Um, right, well, you're in Melbourne for until the 24th of April. Then you head to Perth the 6th and 7th of May. That's a Friday and Saturday. And then... Uh, here in Sydney, Thursday the 19th of May and Sunday the 22nd of May. All the best with it, Chris. Thanks heaps. Our gears from Red Microphones with part of the ACAST Crowder Network. Catch you next time. See ya. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.